Well, welcome back to Black History Matters 365. We are celebrating Black History Month, and we have special guests in the studio, Dr. T, the people's psychologist with real relationships. And we are entering now on part two of your mental health, or how you live in, is what we're talking about uh, on part two, how to live past your mental obstacles or the daily things that bog you down. Because yeah. we know with mental instability or just dealing with any mental issues, it can drain on you, Dr. T. It can really get you down and out. So I'm excited that we are entering this topic again and getting ready to discuss it. So thank you for being in the studio. And let's hit part two on how you live and how to get these obstacles under control. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Joe. And I am so glad to be here with you today, talking to not only an overcomer, but one of the strongest women that I know that's just a powerful fighter for life and for life and other people. So thank you. I'm enjoying this time You're today. <laughs> you, you know, our mental minds, I mean, you know what I mean? They always say it, <clears throat> that mind is something. Your mind can take you so many places. And it and and it's through the traumas and things that we experience on the daily life that kind of bogged us down. But I'd like to kick this off by, you know, we always go into scriptures and we always try to find the scripture text to support kind of where we're going. And I don't know if some of you or the audiences have dealt with uh, 1 Samuel 30. It's the story of David and Ziklag. You know, Ziklag uh, was a very difficult place for David. Uh, if, if this story highlights one of the most gut-wrenching parts that chapters in David's life he ever lived. He's on the run from Saul. And then all of a sudden he goes to this Philistine king that 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 accepts him, Achish. And Achish brought him in. But here David is at this place where he's running and he's trying to find a rest from all the things that's, that, that's been, been running in him. He's a king. So everybody's at him. Everybody's pulling on him for something. You know, isn't that like life? I mean, mm -hmm. when you're successful or things going on and you're trying to work to get your life together, you've got all this other stuff that's trying to come at you. And so here we find David at Ziklag. And Achish gave David this city called Ziklag. And I've looked up the Hebrew definition of Ziklag. And it's, and it's this place. Of, so it's two definitions. One was winding. Boy, that'll get you stressed just hearing that word, windy. <laughs> and the other one was this mental pressing from on someone to find out what's inside of them. It's like a wine press where it squeezes everything out of you to get to understand what's in you. And that's what the, the definition of Ziklag means. So I want to preface it by saying sometimes God, God will allow, even saved folk, he will allow us uh, to encounter trials and assaults uh, that seem sometimes so overwhelmed. And that's what we want to talk about today. At those times, where you at that place where you're running from something and then things are coming at you. And not only did this happen to David, but David had these old haters, these haters called Amalekites. And so David had just came back from a war and he was trying to rest, but he went back out and he left open a, a Ziklag and he left his family and everything back there. But here come these haters. Isn't it like our audience today? When you leave something open, there they come to snatch it. Have you ever been in a place where you've been at that edge 
And all of a sudden, you you know, you can't control everything, but it's those things that you couldn't control that things happen in. And this is what happened. The Amalekites came to David and they burned his burned his city up. He burned, I mean, this man didn't have a place to lay his head. And they went and burnt his place up, totally demolished the place, took his family over and took them captive, didn't kill them. See, that's what the, sometimes there are haters and things happen in our life. They don't totally take everything, but they want to put that nine, 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 nine up in our face mm-hmm. and try to pick with us. You know what I mean? To, to, to irk us on. And so the Bible said that David came back and seen his city that was given him by Achish, king, the king of the Philistines, totally destroyed, totally demolished. Everything he ever had. Didn't even have a bed or pillow to lay down on. And here he is at this place where they just took everything from him, took his wives over and, and took them in captive. And the Bible said that he wept. He just he just wept so loud and all his men wept at this point of despair where they didn't have any energy left. And then after David gathered himself, the Bible said that he called on God. He strengthened himself in God. Here he was in a winding place, in a place that was pressing him down to see what's really inside him, this, this wine press. And that's what I think happens to us on a daily basis when we encounter mental obstacles, <clears throat> traumatic things that we can't overcome. How do we get our life back? It's just simple. How do we get our life back? So I want to, I want to, I want to substantiate or maybe present a court case today to say that if you're in a place where you're in a spiritual battle or spiritual confusion, the only way out is to get spiritual answers. You cannot Amen. win a spiritual battle with a carnal answers. The only way to resolve spiritual confusion is spiritual obedience. And the only thing that I think that, that helps me is to consult God. Now, I don't always do that sometime in my troubles. I have to have my little bellyache parties. But we got to get back to what the spiritual answers are, I think, than what God wants us to do in those zigzag times where we are in our life, where we're stretched beyond measure. And we talked last week about the, uh, the mental health conditions of our world. What is it? Like half of our adult population is um, 50 million adults experiencing mental illness. 5% of adults have reported having suicidal thoughts. I mean, we're living in a, in a time, a tough time, where our mental and our emotional and our psychological health is being threatened. I mean, every day. When, when you agree, it's kind of the things on the outside of us are pressing on the things on the inside. It's like a zigzag experience. So what do we do when we face these uh, times of loss where we have over uh, – 5% of adults reporting having serious suicidal thoughts and 50 million Americans experiencing a mental illness. Uh, even among our youth who are severely depressed, only 27% of them receive some form of consistent treatment. Mm-hmm. You I know, mean, we're, um, we're in tough times. Tough, tough times, Dr. T, because I was, it's funny that you say the youth. I was reading an article this morning um, in the health part, and it was saying that young or teenage girls are seriously mentally in trouble today. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So you're right. And it's and it's the mental part that they're dealing with on how to cope as a teenage girl. And not only teenage, I think it's just teenagers in general, but mm-hmm. I read an article on that today. 
yeah, there's a lot going on in our life. And, and sometimes it's, it's just dealing with loss is difficult too. But, but I can remember stories of like Michael Jordan, who said he, he, he missed more than 9,000 shots in his career. And he was, he was trusted over 300. I mean, he said he lost almost 300 games. He had missed over 9,000 shots in his career. He was counting on to make the last second jumper shot or winning shot, and he missed it. And he says, I failed many times so that he could succeed. You know, uh, we got to forge on in difficult times, but how do we do that? And that's what we're going to talk about today, how to forge on when you're facing these life, uh, life difficulties. So I, I think one of the things, things that we have to start off with is when we're dealing with uh, forging on in difficult times is we have to clear our pathways. We have to clear our pathways. And we have to first deal with there's anything on the inside of us or mentally that's given us problems. Is there any sin in our life? You know, sin is defined as sin is like when you're driving on a highway and your windows are fogged up. You're trying to drive, but you can't see. You know, sin blurs what you can and cannot see. And so the Bible says without unconfessed sin, a man or woman can't prosper. You can't prosper unless you deal with sin in our lives. If we have sin in our lives, we have to get clear with that. How do you get clear with it? You have to recognize it. You have to go down and find it. Find out where you sin. You got to own it. And then you have to get clear of it. That's what David did. He went to God and he asked God, what do I need to do? There's a problem I'm facing. And that's the first place we have to consult God in prayer. You know, we that's the next thing. We have to persist in prayer. We have to go to God in prayer and, and ask him uh, the things that we're going to. You know, I've actually labeled prayer as something that we present. That's how we present ourselves to God. Prayer gives us an opportunity to present ourselves to God. It gets in God's space. And after time, sometimes we're going through traumas. I think those things squeeze out God. It, it puts us in a place where we seem like we're alone. But prayer is an opportunity to uh, present ourselves to God because there's a lot of things we can do before we pray. But there's a lot of things you're not going to get accomplished until you pray. It's not going to happen. Some things only come out through prayer and fasting. And so we have to practice those things. And trouble is an opportunity. It's a unique opportunity to pray. And it's a unique opportunity to deal with any sins in our lives, the unconfessed sins, uh, things that are blurring our vision. You know, I talked last week about how the pandemic has affected the frontal temporal lobe of our brains. There was a survey done, a research done on uh, millennials for three years and how they interacted or how they uh, dealt with post-pandemic uh, situations with their anatomy and their physiology. And it showed that the thinning of the frontal cortex, which is that part that allows you to self-monitor, was thin because of some of the external pressures that the pandemic caused upon people. And do you know the like we talked last week was one of the one of the physiological things that increased more activity was the amygdala and the hippocampus, which is your, your regulates your emotion parts of your body. It's the alarm signals. And so we finding a community because of the pandemic who are responding more emotionally than they're rationally 
dealing with things. <clears throat> so that's very important when you think about that. And another way uh, we have to deal with this is we have to exercise patience. <clears throat> you know, I've always said two things, uh, two things you can learn in life. Patience when you have nothing and your attitude when you got everything. Those are two things that tells us a lot about ourselves. Patience when we don't have anything and our attitude when we got everything. It's cool to be, it's cool to be all right when your 401k is in place and you got all the money you need. But what happens when you're two cent away from two cent away from um, um, two cents away from welfare, and you don't have any money in your pocket, and you ain't got nowhere to go? Mm-hmm. It'll 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 test your patience. And sometimes I think that God will allow our patience to be tested. There's a scripture that talks about uh, patience, <clears throat> and it's I think it's a spiritual. I think it has spiritual implications because some of the things that it talks about in patience are gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit will allow us to be patient. It, it, it's, it's, the, it's the parakletos. It's that the Spirit, it lives in you if you're a Christian. lives mm-hmm. in you, and it, and it sustains you. It's like somebody that walks along with you, and it walks along with you to because one of the gifts of the Spirit is patience. I mean, that's one of the characters of the Spirit. And so you got to ask the questions. Am I willing to sit in any trouble that's coming in my life and wait on God's timing? Because now he's going to show up, but are we willing to sit patiently while we suffer to wait on God's timing to alleviate whatever we go through? Because he's coming. No, no. And matter of fact, he's already there. But we have to be able to be patient enough to wait on God's timing. And just because you're going through something, just because you're experiencing a zigzag right now, it's not something an indicator that it's not that 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 you're in trouble or or that there's something wrong with you. The Bible says in this life you're going to have trials and tribulations. That's he right. says he causes it to rain on the just as well as the unjust. So mm-hmm. trouble's going to come. You know that's a commonality between a rich man and a poor man is trouble. Rich rich man and poor man trouble is an equal opportunity employer. I don't care if you're rich or poor. It's coming on each one of us. But how do we deal with it when it comes? That's the litmus test. And one of the next thing we need to do, we talked about prayer. We talked about exercising patience, relying on the Holy Spirit, backing off and allowing God to take control through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Quit trying to mechanize our trouble or even understand it sometimes. Let God's timing and his Holy Spirit clothe us with the Holy Spirit, and then clear the pathway by dealing with some of the things. Sometimes we have to confess some sins or confess some things that we even, even our thinking is wrong. We have to replace our thinking wrong. So we have to rest in God's promises. That's another thing. Are we reading the word of God? I always said, if if you stop reading God's word, you'll start believing more of your own. The less you read of God's word, the more we'll start believing what we need to think. And that's sometimes part of the problem. We have to rest in God's promises. We have to read his word every day. For the Bible says that the Bible is a word. The Bible is the word, but it's a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. And so that's what the word of God is. It's God's word in print. Amen. 
And then we have to wait for his peace. Colossians 3.15 tells us that we have to wait on his peace. And I did a, a, a study on the word peace, or not, I'm sorry, but the word rule. And the word rule in the Greek is barbuo. It means it's like an umpire officiating an athletic competition. So in with to wait and to allow the, the to wait on God's peace and to allow his peace to rule over any trauma we're experiencing is that we have to let him be the official. He has to, he has to kind of uh officiate the things that we're going through in our life and let him officiate it, let him rule over it, let him make the calls over whatever has happened to us in our life. And then we just have to trust God. And I know that's difficult sometimes when we're going through things. We have to trust him that he's going to make a way. Uh, you know, Sister Joe, I looked at some of the common everyday people in life who have had some failures in their life. Mm -hmm. And it was really just blew me away when I read some of the life stories of these people. Can I share some of these? Absolutely. Uh, did you know that I heard Steve Harvey's testimony was that everybody sees Steve Harvey now, but Steve Harvey used to live in his 1976 Ford Tempo. He lived in there for three years, homeless. Dr. Field was 12 years old and he lived in, he lived homeless in a used car with his father in Kansas City. Steven Spielberg said he received so many failure letters that he had developed a file system for him. He got turned down so many times, Stephen Spielberg. Mm. When we look at these people's lives, these people failed over and over and over again. But I remember the words of Winston Churchill, who said that we need to forge uh, uh, new qualities in difficult times. He said success is never final and failure is never fatal. It's the courage to continue to count. So I want to challenge our audience today is the courage to continue to count. If you're living in this world, you're going to have some trials and tribulations. And if you're going through something that seems so overwhelming, just like we talked about David in his zigzag experience, when he's in a winding place, a place of mental pressing, where it's trying to find what's going on inside of you. Strengthen yourself. In God. Clear the pathways. Get rid of that stinking thinking. Get in the word of God. Allow God through the Holy Spirit to trust in the patient work of the Holy Spirit inside of you. That's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's one of the litmus tests that the Holy Spirit works is that it's working patience in you. Be alert to pressure. Pressure's coming on anybody, right? Mm -hmm. Don't let anyone pressure you past God's will. Don't get it from a secondhand knowledge either. And I know you want to call your friends, but you can call on God. Don't deal with a secondhand religion. Go to God. Go directly to him. You can. You don't have to wait on a priest to take you there. Right. Persist in prayer. You can do a whole lot of things before you pray, but ain't nothing going to happen right until you pray. Present yourself to God in prayer. And then rest in his promises. The less you read of his word, the more you believe your own. And then wait for his peace and let God officiate your peace in you. Mm. That was good. 
That is good. Let God officiate the peace that is within you. I tell you, Dr. D, this was amazing this day. I really like everything that you're saying. And and it, it seems as though you're saying that the problem or the answers to our mental stability has everything to do with our God stability. Ooh, Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you don't have that God stability, you're not going to be, you're not going to be able to regulate yourself. You don't have the help you need, which mm-hmm. gives you stability. To, to, in order to be stable, you got to have help. And, and, and like I was saying earlier, and like what you're saying is you need that God stability. And he promises to give you that. Yes, he does in his yeah. word. It's a promise. Yeah. <laughs> it's a promise. But and you got to Uh-huh. And I love in it so much what you were saying as if we're not in his word, then we're going to be in our own word, in other oh, words. Goodness. And that's where that God's stability is instability. And if we're not in his word, we're going to be in our own word. And we're also going to be open to others. Correct. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So Correct. we need that God stability. This is fantastic. This was a part two to stabilizing that mental, mental health, um, how you live in, how to live past your mental obstacles. Love it. I think these are some of the best tips I've I've heard yet when it comes to I love when we bring God back into it because mm. he controls our mind ultimately. God yes, and I thank you for really bringing that to um, to the table today. So it's been great. I'm going to give you the last words. I know we're at the top of the hour and I'm going to give you the last words. But this has been absolutely fantastic. If this haven't changed your thoughts or give, giving you some thoughts to to even go to someone, you know, that's battling something, you know, mentally or dealing with mental issues, you should get some of these tips and start using them toward with that person. So Dr. T, thanks again, but go ahead and close us out um, on the top of the hour here on BHM 365. Well, um, I can remember, thank you, Sister Joe, for your kind words, but um, I just want to speak peace to someone right now who you feel like you don't have any answers. The peace of God, which, there's a choice, which surpasses all understanding shall guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. If you're wanting peace and you haven't tried the peace of Christ you got a temporal situation that's waiting on a condition that will put you back in there because your condition is your condition. And as Sister Sister Joe said today, you got to get that God stability. The peace of Christ is always there for you if you seek it out. Seek him while he may be found. Call upon him while he is not. Let us forsake our ways and let us seek Christ. He's the total answer to our peace. Try him. Absolutely. Beautiful closing. You've been listening to BHM 365, where we are celebrating Black history, where our topics and the last two shows have been on mental illness. And I think Dr. T has taken it to a level where no one else has. But thank you for listening. And we will see you next time on BHM 365.
Thank you.